You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Welcome to Thursday afternoon. Nice, nice weather, a little rain. A little rain, but then it got a little steamy if you were outside today, which I was. Welcome uh, to this type of year. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where it wasn't a dry heat today. It was a it was a two July yeah, it was, it was monsoons a, coming. It was a soggy wet heat today. Yeah, welcome to the most miserable month of the year, time of it, yeah. This is this is when it gets tough for everybody because it's been hot. You yeah, know, yeah. it's been hot. And we're used to and that. We're used to the hot. Yeah, yeah. But now is it? You know, we get these rains. It starts to get a little humid. This is this is what we don't like. And this, but you know, again, you, you stay inside. I was outside, and I was outside on purpose. I was I was golfing today, yeah. and uh, but you know. Um, to me, it's like you know, I paid twenty four dollars to go play Del Uric and and I, I I withstood the heat. It was fine. I just you guzzled the water. Twenty four dollars to get the non dry heat. Yeah, had to get the non dry heat. Had a little fun. Tied my kid again, uh, so that's two in a row. But uh, I'm not proud of that because again, we both played horribly. I think we're gonna, <laughs> I think we're going to take a break. Our games are all out of whack. Man, okay, so here we are Thursday. We've been talking about COVID. When haven't we talked about COVID in a little bit? Uh, there's no news to, has changed, which right. is a good thing, I think. Sure. It, you know, I mean, it, things can... I don't know if things are steady. I mean, they got bad, but they've steadied a little bit, I mm-hmm. think, you know, what we're hearing. And when I say about that, I'm talking about what we're concerned about, which right. is sports and stuff like that. Right, right. We're not hearing a lot of bad things coming out of sports as it relates to COVID. You know, the um, Major League Baseball is getting ready to get going. And the NBA is getting ready to get going. Yes, there's some some players in both leagues who are saying, I'm not playing because of this. But you expect that. And you know what? They're, those guys have every right to do that. They're not going to take their lives in their hands. Right, right. And we're going to see more and more guys test positive. Sure. Some more tested positive, I guess, in the last couple of days with NBA. Right. Uh, and, and, and MLB. There's, if you have a bunch of dudes, I mean, thousands of people, 500 dudes, whatever, you know there's going to be some. You have to. Yeah. Like football, college football, we saw. Uh, did we talk about this? Oklahoma having 14 yesterday? No. So, and then Arizona has one right. that we know of today. That, yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you just, again, it, it's going to be a situation where you just deal with what you have. Right. And, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of stuff talked about, you know, well, it's bad here, it's not bad there, and how are, how are you going to handle that? And, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Larry Scott at the Pac-12, the Pac-12 commissioner, but he said some stuff today that kind of made sense. Go ahead. I saw him. Uh, and, saw him. and one of the things he said is, there's this is not going to be a one size fits all situation mm-hmm. and it's not it's going to be you know conference by conference even in some cases school by school are going to determine right. how they're going to handle it mm-hmm. and and then you just kind of put it put it all together as best you can i mean if you look at what the ivy league is doing and they're talking about moving all their sports after the first of the year mm-hmm. you know that's what they want to do, and then they get to do that. Right. If 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 you know if Clemson, you know, is going to have all these guys with uh, you know that are that are getting it, and then they're just dealing with that, and then whatever they do, that's what they're going to do. So that kind of made sense to me. Yeah. The one problem now is that it's a tick. 
tick, right? Tick. We're the Jan July second. Uh, about the 27th we said yesterday we got about two and three and a half weeks well, and it all kind of we'll know then right well again in Larry's I, 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 I missed it because like I said I was on the golf course today so I didn't do some of my background coming in but I saw you know I saw some stuff about that Larry Scott was talking about and I don't know if he went did an interview with somebody or what one of the things he gave a date he said July 13th is a, is a very important date for college football. To, in and what I'm way? Not real, I have no idea. That's, really a, that's sure tomorrow. That's, that, that's feels that's, like it. Uh, Eleven days from today. Yeah, yeah. And in, in the coronavirus world, that's like tomorrow. Yeah. I, so I, I don't know what he meant by that. Uh, I didn't see any elaboration of that. But he, he threw out July thirteenth as as a date that's important to college football, and yeah. I don't know why. Thomas, you wanted to say something? Well, actually, I have a question for you guys. So uh, the NCAA so far has been, I'll just call them rudderless in their leadership. They're pawning it off on the conferences. Do you think, in your opinions, is this good or bad? Should the NCAA step up and lead, or should they let the conferences do whatever they want? I think it's good because uh, they'll screw it up. And uh, everybody knows, you know, it's like, it's like this is how uh, I have my neighbors, you have, we all have our neighbors, but I need to take care of my house. I need to take care of my house, and, and the Pac-12 needs to take care of their house, uh, and, and the WAC and the SEC. That way, things will get done in their own house, and then things will eventually get well all over the place. That's just my view. I'm in agreement. I agree with you, Steve. I think it's, I, I, I and I, I agree with, with with what Larry Scott said that, you know, it's it's di- it's different all over the country. What's going on in New York is not what's going on in Arizona. Is not what's going on in California, and everybody's got to deal with it differently. And 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 is in terms of what's best for them. And then from from that, you kind of piece it together as mm-hmm. best you can. And mm-hmm. that's the normal that we're going to have to deal with. I think this year is that. It's going to be different in different places, and you just put it together as best you can. Right, right. It's funny, though. Uh, I saw that the, the Mercury News, it might have been Wilner, uh, we were talking about, well, we're afraid of everybody else. Well, look at us in Arizona. I'm saying the us in Arizona with the numbers going crazy, with everybody being able to go out and have some fun, and, well, eventually caught up to us. Yeah, it did. And and, and we let it, you know, and we let it. But, you know, we, we are where we are, and, and it's it's just one of those things, you know, you, instead of I mean, let's, okay, I, I don't like how we got here, and I'm unhappy with how it was handled, but let's deal with what's in front of us now. Right, and that's no. the best thing that we can do. Sure. Let's, you know, let's let's solve the problem. Right, right. Yeah, you see all these memes, well, why you wear a mask now since blah, 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 three months later. We've got to start somewhere. But a mask is solving the we problem. Gotta, it helps solve the problem. You know, right. Texas went big. I don't know if you saw that. No, Tech, no, tell me. The, the governor of Texas is requiring everybody in the state to wear a mask outdoors, to wear a mask when they're in public places. Are there ramifications? And they're, well, the, again, they're like, they're letting the local jurisdictions, mm-hmm. you know, handle what the ramifications are. And they're also saying no, no, no grouping, no group events of 10 or more. You can't be in groups of 10 or more. You know, the social distance, the, back to where we were. we're I was just going to say a that. A month ago, I, right? Well, well we're but, April. But the, go, but the governor is the one that, that is requiring this. And now. he was resistant. Uh, yeah. And he, he was one ago. of the, in fact, just, Yesterday, a couple of days ago, the lieutenant governor told everybody to get the heck out of their business, and two days later, they come up with this. Pivot, pivot. I think that's the ultimate word for 2020, pivot. Right, you know, and and deal with, again, deal with what's in front of you. And if it's going to make you look bad because you had a decision that you made two weeks ago and that's in conflict with what you think you ought to do now, 
make the decision and do what's right instead of saying, I called it, I made this decision, so I'm sticking with it. The best. Yes, right. yes. We're trying to get this to happen. The, the more every day goes by, and I've said this, I've been, I'm sorry to be the, the pessimist, I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. Steve, I need 12 games. <laughs> you need six wins. I need, need 12, six wins. I need 12 games because I need six wins. If they play eight games and they win six games, they'll be six and two, and you'll be very happy. You need six wins. Uh, God, you, you know what? If they play, if they play nine, if, if all they play is nine Pac-12 games, I don't think they're. I don't know if that they're winning four. Well, th- four? I don't think. Okay, they're winning okay, four. that's it depends who they play. Depends. Well, you, if they play. You, you're not. Know. You're not. You're. I guarantee you're not going to play Hawaii, and it's not like you play Portland State. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how how they'll be how ready. Arizona is going to be ready to let Portland State come here. What about Hawaii? It's a week before. And, and, and well, in Hawaii, maybe the same thing. And Hawaii may not want to come here. Sure, right. Why would if you're in Hawaii, do you right. want to come here right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't. No, no, know, no. For no. a lot of reasons. Hey, let's take a quick break here. We're going to get Michael Lev, who's been on top of this story all day. Uh, we'll come back here on 1030 The Voice. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have Arizona Daily Star sports writer Michael Lev. Michael, how are you? It seems like you've been very, very busy. Weird, right? Considering that there's, like, no actual sports going on. But, yeah, <laughs> try, trying to keep myself busy, trying to make myself useful. You know. So you just had a story posted maybe within the last 15 minutes talking about what's going on in the Pac-12, what's going on here. Uh, to give us an update of what's going on. Yeah, John Wilner of the Mercury News, Bay Area newspaper, longtime chronicler of the Pac-12, interviewed Larry Scott, the conference commissioner. And you know, Larry, and I think a lot of officials, you know, conference commissioners, athletic directors, now, they've tried to express hope about the coming football season. Um, they have tried to be optimistic. And he conceded in that story that, you know, he had been cautiously optimistic for quite some time, but, you know, the recent surge in cases in several states, you know, including our own, has given him pause. And he's concerned uh, at this point about whether the season's going to happen. So, and he mentioned that um, in the piece to Wilmer, and he also, you know, disclosed some of the alternatives that they're looking at, which include 
you know, delaying the start of the season, you know, possibly doing a conference-only season, possibly doing a season where not all of the members of the league would participate, which would be really weird. Um, so, you know, I don't think anyone has any answers at this point, Steve. Um, just everything that happened just kind of raises more and more questions. Well, I, I, you know, we were just talking about that a minute ago. It's just kind of like, you know, it's changing so quickly that the best that anybody can do is just deal with what's in front of you today. Because if you try and base it on what was last week, last week, you know, that's, all, that's already outdated and things are different today than, than they were last week. You know, and, and, you know, Steve and I were just talking, you know, I mean, you, you know, the situation that Arizona's in, I mean, you know, who's going to come to Arizona right now? You know, if you're, if you're at the University of Hawaii and you're getting ready to play Arizona, are you thinking, I'm not going there? Yeah, I know. I know. I, they, you know, coaches, as you know, Jay, always try to kind of get their, their players, and their, their programs to focus on the day-to-day, you know, like kind of what's right in front of them now, things that they can control. Hawaii's players and Arizona's players can't control whether the season opener is going to happen. All they can control is their health and their preparation right. um, on, a, on a day-to-day basis. So you know, that's the sort of rhetoric that you're going to hear, and I totally I find it to be completely understandable that that's the approach that most people in that position would take because it's sort of pointless to speculate one way or the other um, whether you're optimistic or pessimistic about whether this season is going to happen. Let me ask you, I know my number. What's your number? Uh, will there be a season in a terms of 100%? Someone asked me that today, and I, and I sort of tried to, to, to preface it with uh, you know, the, the idea that we're talking about a full 12-game season that starts on time. If that's what we're talking about right now, um, I don't know, maybe 30%. And maybe that's a little bit optimistic. Or if you're talking about some sort of season in some form at some point, you know, I might raise that total to, to that number to maybe 45%. Is that in the range of what you're thinking, Steve? Yeah, no, no, just about that, pretty much. Uh, in fact, uh, you're, you're optimistic at 30% is exactly, I'm thinking about 20% given, given what we yeah. know. It's just we're running out of time. Yeah, I would also add that it's the hardest sport, I feel like, among the major team sports that we have in America to pull off. I mean, this is not a professional league, right? Um, These are not paid athletes, you know, theoretically responsible adults. You can't put college athletes into a bubble who are part of a campus environment. Um, There are huge inequities across college football. I mean, you have the power five, you have the group of five. Even within the power five, some schools have more money and more testing capacity than others do. Um, I mean, how do we know, you know, what, <clears throat> whether Hawaii is conducting a thorough testing program? And I'm just using them as an example because they're the first right. school that happens to be on Arizona's schedule. How do we know that Portland State, who's the second school on the schedule, has the capacity to test their athletes uh, to the same level that Arizona does. Um, We don't know those things, and those ought to be legitimate concerns, and that's all across college football. The biggest rosters, the biggest inequities, 
uh, the most physical contact when the game is actually played. And the biggest crowds for the games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. Right, which is kind of a good news, bad news thing, because, you know, 20% of 100,000 is still 20,000. You know, 20% of capacity at um, the Kale Center would be, oh my gosh, I'm going to embarrass myself with how bad my math is here, uh, you know, something like 2,800, right? right? Mm-hmm. So Nice, um, nice pull. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> nice pull, quick, quick thinking. But you, you know the the thing, and again, the thing is that I mean, this is changing so fast every day. You know, I mean, you know, you threw out a twenty percent number, and I, I, I think I've been the optimist around much so. around the table very here, and, so. I, and I, I, I don't feel very good about them playing. You know, a whole and and when I'm talking about a whole season, I'm talking all twelve games. I think a couple of these games, and it, really the first two, I believe it's just going to be too soon to play those two. Arizona's supposed to play mm-hmm. Hawaii the last weekend in August. Right. I just don't think there's enough time to pull that together. And then and then Portland State, I think it's more of an issue of Portland State having the resources that it's going to need to do what it has to do mm-hmm. to be able to come to Tucson and play that game. So so then I think it kind of begins after that because then the next game is is Stanford. So now you're talking about the conference games. And so I almost see it as a already as a ten game season at the at best. Oh, you're still up to at best. Yes, yeah, at best. Well, le- that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, I've also kind of advocated for the all conference season, the round robin where everybody plays everybody else. Um, you have you'd have an eleven game slate, no conference championship game, kind of kind of old school. I think it would be kind of fun. The problem with that though is like, what do you do with Notre Dame? Who's exactly, and and I, you know, you who's not in a conference, right? And I saw a discussion of that way back. I mean, uh, probably six weeks ago. I don't know if it was on the in the Athletic or somebody wrote an article about that. About okay, let's say everybody goes to conference only. What happens to Notre Dame? You know, because they have mm-hmm. so many big games. I mean, they have yeah, they have their 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 kind of agreement with the ACC, and I think that's six games or something like that. But they've got Stanford, they've got USC, I think they've got Michigan, Navy, all these games that are not conference games. What does happen to them? And BYU, they could probably fill in with those buys. You know, look for teams that have buys and they can fit in somewhere. Maybe do a lot of traveling or maybe teams come in where they can fit in their schedule with teams that don't have games that week. Right. I, it's, it's who knows? But we're talk just, about piecing it together. Oh, we're, we're just throwing stuff on the wall now. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. You're at, when you start thinking about that, you are just throwing stuff on the wall. <laughs> hey, Michael, real quick, uh, no, real quick. I hope we have you for another segment because we want to talk about your your series of uh, evaluating the recruits. But look, mm-hmm. let's for, let's talk about football. Uh, not not having a season and what kind of impact that has at all levels. So you don't have you know U of A needs the money. All the colleges need the money from that. Uh, guys like you need a job to cover the teams. Teams uh, need their SIDs to help work the games. It's just a trickle effect on a lot of different levels. It really is. All of those things are true. Um, And I don't think we really thought about it that way until this happened. You know, I've never crossed my mind, you know, before the pandemic that there couldn't be a football season for some reason. Mm -hmm. And, And I never thought about all the people, including myself, who are, you know, hugely impacted by that. So, you know, let's, let's hope it doesn't come to that. 
Yeah, no, I was just talking about how the trickle effect is. Well, it, sure. Football doesn't happen. You know, Lev covers it for a living. Your son works in the SID. There's jobs to be had. There's things right. like that. Mike, Michael, are you, are you really, are you set to go into a press box? You know, those are confined spaces. That's a great question. I mean, I, I've heard some things about what the maximum capacity um, would be in, in the Arizona press box, and, and all of them are, are different, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd be willing to do it you know, with a face covering. Uh, but there are a lot of questions about how that whole process is going to work. You know, I think the days of the quote unquote scrum uh, are probably over, at least for a couple of years. Um, there, they have a decent sized, you know, press room where they could have the post game. But uh, does it make sense to bring a bunch of people in there, or do you just do it on Zoom? Yeah, does that's... it make sense to travel with the team? Right, a lot of unanswered questions. Right. No, exactly. no, I was just thinking the Zoom thing myself. You could do a Zoom post-conference uh, game uh, from your room at the house. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reporting from my home office, where I'm sitting right now. We're all so. doomed. We're all doomed. Oh, Michael. We're all doomed. It's just crazy stuff. So have you taken a vacation? Because if you haven't, you're going to be busy in the next few weeks um, trying to catch up with what's going on on campus. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. I mean, we went away for the weekend a couple weekends ago, uh, just a short driving trip. But um, we had some plans this summer that have been dashed. Um, we've been encouraged to take some of our vacation days. I feel like, you know, based on things that I'm hearing, what ATP said the other day, that you know there could be news toward the end of this month. So, you know, if you're going to squeeze in a vacation, it's probably wise to do it between now and then. Of course. If the news is bad, there might be plenty of time to take a vacation after late July, you know, in August or September, the times when none of us would ever think about doing it because the football season was getting going. Michael, am I imagining this? I, 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 I threw something out a few minutes ago, and I, I thought I saw it on Twitter. Did, did Larry Scott mention something about a, a mid-July date that's important for college football or something like that? I, I don't see it in Wilner's I, article. I, I've looked through the whole article, yeah, but I, saw, no, I, don't I know thought I saw that somewhere else. He said that. You know, he was on, um, I think he was on uh, a different platform and may have mentioned something to that effect. But it does make sense. I mean, you have to have some lead time as far as planning out your training camp and, and your practice schedule and getting kids back on campus and, and all of those things. That, that time period sort of fits fits as far as, as answering that specific question. Right. What, what is the deadline where we need to make a decision? Right. Mike, we, 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 uh, on the other side, we want to talk about the recruiting stuff that you've been doing. Yeah, I'm, do it. I'm fascinated yeah. about all that. So hang around and let's get you back after the break. It's those guys from Tucson Appliance Company, the, the best appliance company in Tucson. For the month of July, we're going to donate 2% of our sales to a local charity from in-stock purchases. Come shop at our store and work with our amazing sales team. Dustin, David, Brian, Alex, Jermaine, and Peter. You can choose from a list of local charities for us to donate to. The only way we can give back is if you shop local. Only at Tucson Appliance, where our low price is your priority. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to I and the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone, we have Michael Lev of the Daily Star. Good conversation, Michael. Hey, just real quick before we get into your recruiting things. Um, I'm sure there's not much information coming out of the U of A outside of the, what the Hiki posted about the one person with COVID. And just maybe if any of the players have left 
since they've arrived? Not as far as I know. I know there was um, a few guys who uh, were expressing concerns on social media the other day, questioning why they were here when, you know, the student body population is not here. Um, last I checked, no one had followed through on that. I can't guarantee um, that, you know, that, has, that hasn't happened since then. But, you know, for the most part, I, I feel like the, the players want to work out. You know, they want to be around this environment. They're competitive people. You know, there's a reason that they have reached, you know, this level of competitive athletics. Um, and that's because they like, you know, they love football and they love competing. And, and it's kind of all they know. And you've been, so if you've been sitting inside for three months. I think, that's, I think months, that's the prevailing attitude. In the- yeah, if you've been sitting inside for three months and you're an athlete, you, you want to get out and do something. Of course. And it's not quite the same you know, as uh, it usually is, but they're doing their best to to simulate what the, the normal experience is. As yeah. That goes. Well, let's uh, get to your your recruiting. Uh, nice story, nice idea, nice uh, things to do. What did you find out? And we'll kind of go through the years, but what did you find out about the project that you were on? Yeah. Um, well, for those who haven't seen it, I, I went back and looked at, uh, five recruiting classes, 2013 through 17. I felt like five was a good number, um, as it often is for, for these types of series. Um, and then I wanted to figure out how far I could go back while still being fair to the more recent classes. And I feel like with the class of 2017, that a lot of them have played you know, three seasons at this point, they have a pretty good idea um, of what you're looking at. Um, so I kind of went through each one. Um, I examined... You know, uh, I, I examined kind of the, the hits and the misses and kind of the, the where are they now. And I gave a, a letter grade to each class. And I tried to come up with some sort of kind of consistent unit of measure to compare one to the other. So I decided to look at starts. Um, I looked at the, the start, total starts for each class. I looked at the starts per player. Um, I looked at how many players have started 12-plus games, which equates to basically like you're getting at least one season out of this player, and and then how many guys never started a game, which you know oftentimes sort of indicates that um, the player is a bust or he just wasn't that big of a contributor. Um, and what I learned is that um, recruiting declined in a pretty significant way during the middle of Richard Rodriguez's tenure. Um, and things picked up quite a bit when he um, when he changed the coaching staff uh, midway through his tenure here. Um, ultimately, wasn't enough to save his job or extenuating circumstances involved in that. But I do think things were you know, trending in a better direction um, than they were um, at about the midpoint. You know, I I, I kind of felt. You're you're spot on with you know where I sat, looking at it from just a fan standpoint without doing, you know the research that that you did. You you just kind of felt like in the middle of it, he sort of started to mail it in a little bit. I'm talking about Richrod, where I don't know if the you know when when he went and, and dabbled with going to South Carolina and all that kind of stuff that he was just kind of had a foot out the door and there was the whole issue of, you know, two of his coaches including his defensive coordinator you know didn't have to recruit and that kind of stuff and the defense is really what kind of went 
into the tank more than more so than the offense. And um, but I kind of felt that way during that time period as, as well. And that a couple of classes there just really you know put them behind the eight ball. I mean that that 2016 season was hard to watch. It was. And where did that start? You know, that probably started with that 2014 class, um, which produced, according to my numbers, only four players out of 24 who started 12 or more games and a whopping you know, 15 out of 24 who never started a game. You couple that with what happened in 2015, where you had 17 of 29 guys never starting a game uh, for Arizona. Like over the course of two years, that's 32 out of 53 uh, players um, who never started a single game for Arizona for a variety of reasons. Um, when something like that happens, you're not going to be able to withstand the injuries that they that hit them um, in 2016. And, and that's probably the reason, the biggest reason, um, that they were 3-9 and that year. It, fasc- it fascinated me that uh, Rich Rod could not capitalize on that festival in whatever purpose. He just couldn't capitalize. Everyone talked about how he was going to be able to do that, and it just never happened. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know enough about it because I, I, I didn't get here till the end of the 2015 season to know exactly why there were so many swings and misses. Um, you know, in those classes, um, you know, they, the guys who didn't pan out were pretty universally liked within the recruiting community. I mean, it, it wasn't like, um, Marquise Ware and Jamar Drake Cobb were these huge reaches, right? you know, Jordan right. Poland was committed to USC. Keenan Walker was the, probably the best, you know, recruit, um, at least interior line recruit in Arizona, everybody wanted Michael Ellis, who didn't quite pan out here for, for whatever reason. Um, but it just sort of added up. Um, unfortunately, perhaps, you know, unluckily um, over the, over the course of a couple of recruiting classes or three recruiting classes in a row. And then they just didn't have the depth and they're certainly um, lacking at specific positions too. Um, really not a lot of impact defensive linemen brought in. It is the hardest thing to find, but, you know, that's your job, right? I mean, your job is to, is to unearth those guys. Um, so all of that kind of added up to, you know, the state of the program when Kevin Sumlin inherited it. You know, Michael, that it, it's funny because that, that's sort of been the story of Arizona because they – you know, they had that great season in 93 and they beat Miami. They didn't capitalize recruiting-wise there. And then again in 98, you know, they didn't capitalize on the recruiting thing there. And I, I think if I recall, the 98 deal was that they tried to and they went after a bunch of top recruits. You know, mm-hmm. they thought, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to go after the big boys and, and try and recruit the five, you know, go against the USC's and everybody else and try and get the four and five star recruits. And they came close on a bunch and then didn't get any of them. And so... That was the miss there. I, I don't recall what happened back in, in 93, but they had these great seasons and they couldn't sustain it from a recruiting standpoint. And I don't know why that happens at Arizona, but clearly, you know, that's what happened after the 2014 season. Yeah, I mean, you know, recruiting is uh, difficult, uh, as we know, more so for some schools uh, than others. Um, Rich Roddick, to his credit, recognized that maybe the staff that he had put together wasn't 
I don't want to say it wasn't properly motivated to get the job done in that area, but, um, you know, that they it just wasn't the right group um, of guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, to bring in talent, um, the, the, the depth and the talent that they needed. Just looking back at the 2014 group, you know, I, I mentioned that there were four guys only out of the entire class who ended up starting 12 or more games. They were all on offense. Yeah. Um, and the one guy who was close to that threshold was Cam Denson, who you know, started out as a defensive player here, eventually moved to offense, and things didn't really work out that great for him either. But we're talking about an entire recruiting class without one single impact player on the defensive side of the ball. So summarize um, where that's sort of that is a hard thing to recover from. Yeah. So summarize where you think Kevin Sumlin's recruiting is today, because I don't feel very good about it. Yeah, I mean, they're taking a, um, a different approach. I mean, they're definitely not chasing stars, um, and that's especially true this year with the types of players um, that they're bringing in. Um, there's not a lot that's been super flashy about it. Um, but I like the fact that they are addressing needs. Um, you, if you look at the, the composition of this class, I think it's 9 out of 12 so far are defensive players, and most of those guys are, are linebackers and defensive backs, which is – um, with areas where depth is lacking. Um, right now, they've focused a lot on the offensive line um, as well. Um, they're looking for players who have traits, uh, length, um, size, growth potential. They're looking for players who really love football, which is super important and kind of an underrated characteristic. They are relying on their ability to uh, evaluate these players and then, you know, ultimately, their ability to develop the players. Um, the hope is that the new coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, yes, here we are again talking about another new defensive staff um, led by Paul Rhodes, that um, you know that they can turn these three-star players into you know, four-star or even five-star performers um, when they're here. And, of course, it remains to be seen whether that's going to happen. You, you've covered the USC football. I think you and I have talked about this on the show uh, many times. Uh, are you going to come to Arizona if you're a five-star guy? It's not a football program. I hate to say this, Jay, break your heart. It, it's, it, it is mediocre in the Pac-12. It always has been uh, in the Pac-10, Pac-10, whatever. It's just it is what it is. If you're a three- or four-star, if you get a four-star, good luck. I mean, because right. I mean, that's good. But Arizona's never gotten those guys. Well, that's my point. And, and they've that's had my success, point. some success without them. So. And that's my point. Well, if I were in that position, right, and I was, you know, the, the expert that I interviewed when I did the series with Adam Gorney of Rivals, and we got to talking about um, how they put together their star ratings, and he said they try to limit the number of five stars in any given class to 32. That corresponds with players that they project to be first-round picks in the future. And I think that's kind of what it's all about when it comes to those elite level guys, why would you come to Arizona when the track record over the past seven or eight right. years is that they're not going to produce NFL players? Um, that's what a lot of these guys are looking at as far as their futures go. Um, that's how they envision themselves. Um, they want to go to a place where um, they know that uh, the coaches will help them to realize their dream of becoming uh, an NFL draft pick and an NFL player. And that certainly did not happen with any regularity under Rich Rodriguez. Um, Kevin Sumlin has a better reputation in that regard, uh, but as he has learned, it is harder to, to, to land those types of players at Arizona than it is 
at Texas A&M. Well, and that's and that's what being a coach at Arizona is about. You've got to go out and you've got to find guys because mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to get those guys. So you've got to find guys that you 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 know you can. You know, put get together better. a good team yeah. with and who are going to get better, and yeah. you got to be able to coach them. You got to be willing to coach them, and so I don't have a problem with Arizona not getting form a bunch of four and five star guys, but you know their their margin for error is thin. The guys they get have to be you know have to work out. You know, if they if a guy's a three star guy, you know he's ultimately has to be useful. And they they can't miss. They can't swing and miss the way they have been for the last few years. I, I love I love the B grade for the for the 2017 class. That gives me a little bit of a little bit of hope towards my six and six call for the season this year. <laughs> but uh, you know. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Before we leave, before he leaves, okay, we're, we're going to get gonna some, ask get him. The- but, but you know, again, like you said, you, 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 they just can't be swinging and missing the way they have been. I would agree. Yeah, and then the story of the 2017 class is still to be written. Right. Too. Right. Um, as I said at the very end of that of that piece, you know, if, if they can go out with a bang, make and make and win a bowl game, I think people will view that class very favorably. If they have another losing season. It kind of takes the luster off of some of the individual accomplishments within that class. It's funny because Rich Rod had his OKG uh, moniker or whatever with these guys, and that didn't give you any hope, good or bad. They were just OKGs, you know. <laughs> that I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Don't worry about it, guys. Uh, what did you think about that? Because he did bring OKGs, but what the heck did that mean? It didn't get you wins. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a marketing. Yeah, campaign. yeah, sure. You know, it's a it's a slogan. You know, um, you you would you would prefer in retrospect if they had something better to sell than that that kind of idea. Um, like I said, if you're at a school that is regularly producing NFL players, you can sell that, and they right. couldn't sell that here. What they ended up being able to sell, and it, it sort of um, proved to be the case with that 2017 class, especially was the opportunity to come and play right away. Sure. Um, you know, like we're we're hurting. Um, if you're a good defensive player, come to Arizona and you can start in the Pac-12 from the get-go. And Colin Schooler and Tony Fields, uh, that's pretty much been the case. Tony Fields started every single game uh, since he's been here. Colin Schooler became uh, the starter five games into his freshman year and has and it's been out there ever since. Um, and that's still the case at certain positions. You know, like if you're a freshman or if you're a member of the class of 2021 and you play inside linebacker or safety, there's a very good chance if you're a good player and you do everything right that you're going to have a chance to to um, come in here and, and start or contribute right away um, next season. So we've come to the best part and the most important part of the time why we have you here, uh, and that's to agree or disagree with Mr. Gonzalez's prediction of 6-6 six and six if, in fact, there are 12 games. Uh, what do you think about the schedule? I think that that is exactly what my prediction would be. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> you got to be joking. <laughs> you got yeah, I love you, man. Very same record. I love you, man. You, are you yeah. being serious? You know, yeah, no, I think six and six is, with, is, is uh, it's within reason. Um, I mean, just in the team in a nutshell, I think the offense has the potential to be pretty good. You know, Grant Gannell showed promise last year um, as a starting quarterback. They've got bevy of uh, wide receivers and running backs who are tactical caliber players. Um, I think there's a good foundation on the offensive line. I think they'll score uh, points 
uh, enough points. Defensively, uh, there are issues. Um, they're really lacking in depth, as I mentioned, at certain positions like inside linebacker and safety. And if they suffered any sort of um, injuries of significance at those positions, they'd be in big trouble. Uh, but I do think the unit will be better coached. Um, I think they'll have a more cohesive plan and they'll just be able to kind of scrap things together. I also think that, you know, it'll be a lot easier to pull off a 6-6 six and six season if they're able to go 3-0 and um, in the preseason, assuming that, you know, we do have all of those preseason games. Um, and the, the swing game uh, in that regard is that Texas Tech game. Right. Uh, it's the one game that's on the road. You know, pretty tough opponent, Big 12. Um, you know, it was a really tough physical game a year ago. I would, I would kind of expect the same. Um, this time around. So the good news is he doesn't have to fight you. Yep. But he has a, a fight yeah. date with uh, John Wilner and Anthony Anthony Jamito. Yep. I, I, yeah. I, Anthony and I, Anthony and John and I were all going to throw here pretty soon. But uh, Michael, I, I appreciate you throwing out that throwing that out. It gives me, you know, lets me put my head on the pillow a little <laughs> a little better tonight. So I'm all good. I'm all good. Hey, thanks for anything joining us. For anything for you, Jay. Thank yeah, you, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Mike. This is a great show. Appreciate your hey, time. Hey, thanks for being here, Michael. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a, have a good weekend, you guys. You too. Go local. Make the switch. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer customized solutions and get you what you need faster. Like our quick and easy credit cards and auto loans. All done online from start to finish. Save time using mobile banking, bill pay, mobile deposit, and mobile pay with just a few clicks. Live large accessing 30,000 plus surcharge free ATMs and free debit card choices. Make the switch to Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org slash switch. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, alongside Jay Gonzalez. A good, good show, good program. It was fun. The The instant reaction to uh, to Mike Lev agreeing with my 6-6 six and six call on the U of A, I got a text from a close friend of mine who immediately said, The world is ending. How much did you pay him? Oh, <laughs> the world is ending. <laughs> and then uh, another one saying, if he keeps talking, he's going to change his mind. Uh, <laughs> true, true. That's true. I believe it. I believe it. Well, we're not going to go to 12 games. There's just no way. I, you know, I, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. You know, or, or they could if they decide to instead of, instead of having that gap in December. You know, uh, where after the conference game, after mm. the conference championship games end, and then you get into late December and start having bowl games. If they use that couple of weeks in there for regular season games, maybe you can. What about the know. kids' vacations? They don't get vacations. They're football players. <laughs> <laughs> if I were the they're, boss, they're, they're football players, and they're supposed to be playing for us. If that was a boss, no one would have any. Food. Food. What do you think, Tom? Is Jay? We you know Jay's not right, is he? No, of course he's not right. <laughs> Come um, on, no. Uh, uh, but okay, so here's here's an interesting thing, though, guys. They could play twelve games if they do kind of do away with those. Uh, the well, I won't even call them bye weeks. It's essentially as yes, we called it a vacation. Um, that said, though, we are still in wave one of the virus. We right. haven't hit the fall cold and flu season. 
which is supposed to kick on wave two. And then is it going to get worse? I hate to say, can it get worse? Because every time we ask that question, we find out. That it can. Yeah. So it, I guess, what about playing in the spring? Could we, uh, why not play a full season in the spring? Sure, but we have uh, traffic now. We have uh, traffic with other sports going on. Uh, basketball probably won't start till January anyway. Jay? I don't want to. So then <laughs> he's taking his ball and going home. I don't so, so I'm done. There you have it. <laughs> it's just crazy. I think there's just too much traffic on the other side of this uh, of this new year, and we may not even be cleared by the new year. But do you think college football would get lost in the shuffle? They're still only playing on Saturdays. I mean, I know there's Thursday night no, games or whatever, but well, maybe Fridays. in Arizona, but no, I don't see many places where it's going to get lost in the shuffle. I, it's too big. You're still getting your primetime games big. and everything. Yeah. It's not that. It's just there's, you know, it's that tradition. It's not even the tradition. It's just well, yeah, it's just not the time. And you yeah. know, and, and college basketball, it's just going to push too many things out of the way. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to have a college basketball game. You're going to have a football game. You're going to have to move the college basketball you're schedule be busy. around. You'll be busy. I I am going to be busy, but I, I so no, I, I, I think we, I, they got to try and squeeze it into the fall somehow. It's going to be a six, seven game schedule. Yeah, you know, and take, that's fine. I'll and you'll take, take it. You'll take exactly that. I'll, to win three games. Right. I'll take, I'll take a seven, eight game schedule to okay? win three. So then we can move on to basketball, say in January. Yeah, and I'll, that, I'll take that. That my, that's if, likely. If that's what we have to put up with because of this this year, I'll take that. I think that's likely, Tom. And are we talking an abbreviated, by the way, basketball schedule? Yeah. I, okay. So I'll take I'll take a shortened college football season too, um, I, just as long as everybody can be healthy about it. But you know what? I'd rather have some ball than none yeah. if we can do it safely. Right. right, I think we're all in agreement with that. And let's not forget, the NFL is going to be is going full bore. They're going because they don't have to have fans at their games, right? They can control that a but whole lot. Better. Let's assume for a second though that it goes bad the first week or two, and then we might not have it because it's this is still kind of the okay if things go okay way. Steve, you, you're you, such a Debbie Downer. You're killing me. <laughs> pretty much. Well, pretty could much. the NFL ruin it for college? Yes. Yes. They could. Yes. Uh, yes. For the reason you were thinking. They'll be the uh, canary in the cave. Right. Screw it, screw it all up, and you'll say, there's just no way this is possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there is that. Look, I, I just, again, we're, we're speculating again, and you know, we may be thinking about this differently next week, but from where we sit today, I'd be happy with a seven or eight game college football season. I'm okay this with start, that. Okay maybe with that. even the end of September. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Or first of October, mm-hmm. NFL's going during that time. I'm okay with that. You're going to have NBA playoffs and the Major League Baseball season that's mm-hmm. going to wrap up, you know, in October. As long as there's a steady stream of stuff, and then let's say college basketball says, well, you know, we can't get going until January. If that's the safest thing to do, then that's the safest thing to do. You kill all the, you know, the the pre-conference games, player conference games starting in January, which everybody does anyways, mm-hmm. and then let's go. And let's have a March Madness, and let's get to life as we know it. Totally possible. Totally doable. I'm up for all of that. Yeah. And so, I do think an all-conference schedule in any sport would make it far more intense right off the hop. Then oh, yes. more fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if well, you're playing, you're going all out. There's no room for mistakes. Exactly. I was just going to say that. You can't make a mistake. Yeah. Which would make it even more fun. That would be way fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like good show today. I'm okay with all good that. Show, good I'm show. I'm okay with all of that. I just, you know, I just feel like let's just, you know, again, do the best we can. If, if, and purely from a selfish sports standpoint, let's just move it slowly, do the right thing, 
and have sports. So what did we learn today? We learned that Mike left and they're going exactly. six and six. <laughs> that, was my- we, that they're going six and six. And you know what? John and Anthony <laughs> don't cover the team like Michael Lev does. I'm I'm on the Michael Lev train all the way to six and six. So if Michael Lev gives you a horse on, uh, given what he does, give you a horse on Kentucky Derby, you're going to follow Michael Lev and bet that horse. Should I, li- should I should I go go full on, full disclosure, and say that I do play slow pitch softball with Michael Lev? Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, geez, no wonder. Yeah, he's a, he's the pitcher on the team that I play on with. Oh, that's the, funny. With my, he, actually, we're battery mates. I'm the catcher. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no wonder. Now we get it. Uh, yeah. Now we get it. That was fun. But I, I it's not not that I don't disagree with you. I just yes, think you you're do. just way over the top with that. Well, you just My, said I don't disagree with you. Then you said you disagree with me. Well, I do, but it's four <laughs> four games tops. I don't know where you find those two extra games. Uh, you know what? They're going six. They're going six. You ready? All right. I'm ready to go. Okay. We'll hey, see you guys we'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow.